0: evening, I want to talk to you about a subject that is very dear to my heart. The subject is prayer. I love prayer because not because I know how to do it, but I know the object of my prayer. I know that any time I come to a place of prayer, I am in tune with God. And this evening, I want to talk to you about that. And all those who are hearing me, those who are at home, wherever you are, I want you to pay attention to what God wants to share with you and I. And my topic is that don't neglect your prayer life. Don't neglect it at all. One of the profound scripture that has been my anchor in my prayer life is Matthew chapter 21 and verse 22. Whatever you ask in prayer, Believe in that you shall receive it. Whatever, whatsoever, you ask God in prayer. The Bible says, believe that you will receive it. And that alone has been an anchor that I stand on. That God is not a man, that he will lie. Will he say something and he will not do it or repent? No, the Bible says that let every man be a liar, but God is truthful in everything that he does. So whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you will receive it. In Hebrews chapter two, verse three, how shall we escape if we neglect so great our salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by our Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard it? How can we escape If we neglect prayer in our lives, how can we cannot survive? We cannot escape at all because prayer means that you are talking to the almighty God. Prayer is more than the emotions and the things we do. When you talk about prayer, even unbelievers pray, but they pray to different God. But I'm talking about the creator of heaven and earth. The God who created all things, the Bible says that all things are your servant. He created everything for his pleasure and they were created. I'm talking about God whose eyes is going to and fro to show himself stronger unto all those whose hearts are loyal to him. The Lord who never sleeps, he never slumber. Hallelujah. He's the one, the same today, yesterday and uh, tomorrow. He will never change. He is awesome God, majestic, holy, righteous, excellent God. How beautiful, how glorious is this God. And if you begin to see God by revelation through the word of God, by the Holy Spirit taking away the veil from your eyes and your spirit to see who God is, you will not neglect prayer. People neglect prayer because when I say neglect, it means you have something and you are not paying attention into that thing. Anything that you don't pay attention to shows that it's not important to you. Because according to Matthew chapter 6 and 21, the Bible says that where your treasure is, your heart will be there. Your wishes will be there. Your desire will be there. Your power will be there. You have time to do it. Some of the things I hear people say that, oh, because I don't have the time. We all have 24 hours in a day. Trust me, every day nobody will tell you to go and bath, except you are a child, because you know that you will not be comfortable. And if prayer is a means to God's presence, then you can't give that excuse that you don't have the time. We all have 24 hours a day. We all are busy one way or the other. We find time to eat, we have time to do sleep, we have time to do many things. But when it comes to prayer, then the excuses is innumerable. We make light of prayer, we ignore prayer, we abandon prayer, oversight, shine, discipline, careless, afterthought, prayer is afterthought. When we say you are neglecting something, it means you are abusing it. It means you don't pay attention to that. That is not valuable to you. You don't value it, but if you value prayer and you know that the object, the beginning and end of prayer is our God, then we don't have to neglect our prayer life. I'm not going to elaborate on, you know, definition of prayer and the meaning of prayer because we know the simplicity of prayer is that it starts from you talking to God. Let me tell you, every blood bought child of God should love prayer. If you are a born again believer, the Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 12, they that believed in him, he gave them power to become the sons of God. And so your prayer life starts the very first day you gave your life to the Lord. There was that connection. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 and 16, our spirit and the spirit of God bears witness that we are the children of the Most High God. We are co-heirs with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We have been adopted. And that is why we have the spirit of Jesus Christ and we can cry, Abba, Father, and instantly God will hear us. So prayer starts from the very first day you gave your life to the Lord. Somebody will say, how? Let me tell you, even children, when you give birth to a baby, na-na, the first day, first day, maybe up to week, you will put the baby under your breast to feed that baby. But trust me, from there on, the baby will know, will smell where he has to get that milk from. And that is connectivity of prayer. The moment you give your life to the Lord, there is this strong connection between you and God that you love to talk to God all the time. It is not the baby Christians who have issue with prayer, but it's the grown-up, those that have come to a place that complacency has taken the place of prayer. Some of us, our skills and our talents, hallelujah, and our fame and our names and our titles has taken the place of prayer. And, you know, because now we are in a... A land that you, when you close your eyes and you open, everything you want is at your defense. So gradually, what the enemy is doing is that he's taking something that is precious, that is treasure before God. God values his children. Always he wants us to talk to him. Hallelujah. He loves to hear us. Other than that, he will not say that, pray, call on me and I will answer you. You won't receive a message that I'm not available 24 hours a day. My ears are very attentive to the prayer of my people. I love to hear my children calling upon me. God loves to hear us. So David said that early in the morning you will hear my voice and I will look up. I will direct my attention and my prayer and my focus to you. And so the enemy gradually is trying to place the importance of prayer to certain things that is fleeting things. And I came to challenge you and I'm provoking myself to say take everything from me but don't take my prayer life because it's a place that God undo and do with my life. It's a a secret place that God can open me up and correct me and test me and instruct me and, you know, provoke me, hallelujah, and enlarge me and strengthen me and cause my face to set on the goals and the visions and the dreams that he has put in my heart. It's a place where the light shines over you, hallelujah. The Bible says that Jesus Christ and the disciples on the mountaintop, when they prayed, their countenance was changed. Prayer will not just change you spiritually, but physically, hallelujah. It makes you glow. It makes you different. Moses stood before God for 40 days, looking, engaging on God alone. And the Bible says that when he came back, his countenance was changed. We are missing something that is vulnerable than anything in life. The enemy knows it because he was the praise and worship thought director. So he knows what prayer, when I'm talking about prayer, I'm talking about worship. I'm talking about praise. I'm talking about thanksgiving. I'm talking about consecration. I'm talking about separation. He knows that there is nothing that is beyond that. That is why he told Jesus Christ that if you can bow down and worship me alone, look at this. I will give you the world and the beauty and everything that is in it. If you can bow down and worship me. He knows the secret of life. So he said, if you can do that, I will give you all, the world, the power, the fame, everything in it. And I will give it to you. But Jesus knew and he said, no. And that is why the enemy will not come, but he will come to steal, to kill and to destroy. But in the same verse, Jesus said, I have come to destroy the works of the enemy so that I give you abundant life and more abundantly. And that abundant life will be recognized and be revealed to us when we look into the perfect law of liberty and through the light that shines within our heart, we come to a place of prayer and we know our God who lives forever, we look and gaze on him. We will be daily changing from glory to glory, from grace to grace, from power to power, more grace and more anointing. So the enemy day by day wants to steal our prayer life, wants to steal it, wants to take it. He will make us busy than anything. Have you realized that when it comes to a place that you want to pray, that's the time your body is talking to you, you are tired. When you were eating, you were not tired. Have you realized that when you make a decision to pray, that's the time the telephone will ring? Have you realized that? I think Yon Kichun said something that blessed my heart. One day, he said that he was praying. And they said a governor is coming to see him. And they came to a place where he was praying. He didn't mind them. So later when they found out why, he said, who I was talking to is more important than This person, the reason why we diminish the place of prayer is that we don't understand that we are engaging with God. And trust me, if you are praying, one day I was praying and I was texting because it was a case of emergency and the Holy Spirit rebuked me and said, don't do that. You don't respect God. I'm not talking about the prayer we do, then run around and, you know, I'm talking about seriousness with God. Even though he is your daddy, I'm talking to those who are grown up. I'm talking to leaders. I'm talking to intercessors. I'm talking to way pastors. I'm talking to the man, woman. I'm talking to every Christian. That the place of prayer should not be neglected because it is important that we do that. God loves us. And I talk about life, Christian life is a relationship and every relationship is solidified by communication. And I was looking at prayer, and one of the definitions I got it, bless my heart, it says that is to be drawn together by intimate participation. So when we are praying, it's like God is unto us and we are into God. It's drawn together by intimate participation. A place of prayer is where God shares his ideas and life and strength and reason, everything with us. And we also share our thoughts with him. It's a place of prayer. And I want to tell you, the Bible says in Amos chapter 3, verse 3, Can two walk together except we agree? And we agree through the word of God and we communicating our heart to God and God also sharing his thoughts with us. So we cannot afford the enemy to steal our passion and our zeal and our commitment for prayer. We can't do that. We can't afford it. Prayer must be given attention to more than anything. Prayer must be a priority. Prayer must be, the, the, you know, the, the steering wheel, not, you know, a spare time. Prayer must be the main thing. Prayer must be something that directs us. Prayer always should be a daily thing until it becomes parcel and part of me. Always the way I do it. At times it's not easy. The Bible says that men ought to pray so that they will not faint. Men always, your key word, the phrase, always. So prayer is not one day, if I feel it, another day, if I don't feel it, then I stop. No, men always ought to pray and not to uh, faint. And somebody is saying that, and pastor, how are we going to do that? Rome was not built in a day, gradually. So something that you do, I always tell people, that Jesus said, couldn't you wait? with me for one hour and even if you can't do one hour quality time is important even in 15 minutes start from five minutes increase it gradually you realize that you are there and i want to encourage you this evening if your prayer life is going to mount up if your prayer life is going to be sustained then the first thing you have to do is give attention give priority to prayer Prayer must be a prime thing in your life. Your prayer must give focus to, hallelujah. Prayer, because look at the life of Jesus Christ when he was in this planet. The Bible says that in Mark chapter 1 verse 35, early before the morning, when I was doing a research, it was about 3 a.m. in the morning, and he went into the mountain and was there. It means Jesus loves prayer. And trust me, what people don't understand, people think that because he was a son of God, but he had the body like you and I, flesh like you and I. That is why the Bible says how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed because God was with him. He was like you and I when he was in uh, uh, this planet. He needed the Holy Spirit to achieve anything that he did. He needed the Father to back him. And trust me, we also, we need that. And we do that through prayer. That is why no matter how busy Jesus Christ was, Jesus always paid attention to prayer. In Luke chapter 5, verse 16, the Bible says that Jesus Christ prayed. He jumped to the, the mountain, the mountain, I was reading. So it's a specific place that he will always go and, you know, be alone. In Luke chapter 6, verse 12, the Bible says that he went to the mountain and was there all night. I heard some pastors say, there is no all night in the Bible. No, it's not true. Our Lord and Savior, one person, stayed on the mountain all night. Because after that all night prayer... It's a place where he made decision to choose um, his disciples. And even with all that prayer, there was one that was, you know, doubtful. And, you know, the, the deception and all these things. So how much more if Jesus was going to make, you know, a, a, a decision to choose leaders to work with. And he spent all night. And that is one of the first time. Don't you think it is important for us to be in a place of prayer? Spend two hours in a week. It will not kill you. Pray for your children. Pray for the nation. Pray for your church. Pray for leaders. Prayer is not wasted. Jesus did that. So you have to give priority to prayer. Prayer must not be a drive through thing. That's when we are in our car, That's where we pray. It's good, but it's not enough. You have to make time. You have to make it a priority. You have to give time to it. You have to give attention to it. Hallelujah. You have to make it number one thing in your life. Seek the Lord and the Lord will bless him. I'm going to end here, but I want us to read Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 and verse 23. I read from the Amplified Bible. Immediately he directed the disciples to get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. While he sent the crowds away, after he had dismissed the crowds, the Bible says he went on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. Let me give you a little background of this. This was the prime time of Jesus Christ's ministry. Many, many multitudes were coming from different towns to come and listen to Jesus Christ. The grace there and the anointing of God was upon him as never before. And the Bible says that, you know, 5,000 men came and they didn't have food. And he asked his disciples and there was a boy with two loaves of um, bread and fishes five loaves and two fishes, and he prayed over it, and this miracle happened, and fed 5,000 men, and apart from that, there were women and children, all of them were full, and even they have leftover, about 12 baskets, and after that, you know, his fame was going beyond, everyone is hearing what Jesus Christ was doing, by the power of the Holy Ghost, at this time, where they have finished eating. I want you to notice something. The Bible says immediately, he directed or restrained the disciples to get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. And after they have gone, he also told that the, the, the multitude, also dismissed them to go away. And after that, he went to the mountain What can we learn from here? In life, there are so many things that will drive our attention. The multitude, they were there for what they will get. There are some people in your life that you are giving time to that the only thing they want is what they will get from you, not what they will do to enhance and support you. I call them the multitude. There are many things, whispers that take your time from a place of prayer, unnecessary telephone calls conversations that you can, you know, you have repeated and repeated. Some people can warn you, they can worry you. I call them the multitude. You know, let me say something. I am a pastor. My job is to look after people. I'm not talking about that at all. But I'm talking about when you know that, you know, little, little foxes that destroy the vine, little, little time here and there that take your beauty of the place where you have to pray and be certain from you. You have to be aware. You have to be, be, be vigilant. You have to be an expertise. Know the season, there is time for everything. I will never trade my time with God for anything. And I've made a conscious decision that every morning I give my first part of the morning as my first fruit of the day to my God. Because if it is not him, where will I be? So Jesus sent them away. There are some things you have to put it away, like the multitudes. You have to let it go at all from your life. And when he finished... He had told also the disciples to go into another way because he's working close with them. But I'm here also to use this uh, scripture to tell you there are also, you know, people who are very close in your circle, but that doesn't mean that all the time you have to be with them. He sent them ahead of him because he knew that, listen, where we are going, there's going to be a challenge. The wind will blow, all these things. So I need to go up and seek my father. So after they have gone then he went out to pray. Priority is important but look at what he did. Before the priority he realized that I have to put certain things in place. I call it barriers. So sit down and look at the barriers the hindrances the oppositions that always take your prayer time from you. When I say barriers, things that take your focus from doing what is the right thing. When I say barrier, I'm talking about defense. I'm talking about emotional barriers. I'm talking about mental barriers. I'm talking about spiritual, you know, family barriers. You have to sit down and look at it. What is taking my prayer time? What is taking my fellowship with the Lord, my intimacy, my talking with God? What is taking When you look at the barriers, then you can make a decision to say, "Mm, I know that this is the reason. I know that every time I'm going to pray, telephone, I know that I'm spending time with friends, especially young people, let me advise you. Everything you are doing, you are investing into your future. And trust me, you know, if you... If you ask people who are successful, they will tell you their success came from their daily routine, what they did every day. And today we are going here. We are go- there is nothing wrong. Have fun. But I'm telling you, if you're having fun and you cannot have fun with the Holy Spirit, I don't want you to reach 40, 50, then you regret it. Life is a spiritual. Life it's a serious matter. And if you are born again Christian, then I want to encourage you. Don't neglect your prayer life. Give attention to your prayer life. Make it a priority. Check what are the barriers that are hindering you. Remove them from there if it's something you can do it. If not, and ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And after that, it's not the knowledge you have about prayer. But it's the doing, the practicality. As you start doing it, the Holy Spirit will help you. Rome was not built in a day. Paul says that when I was a child, I was talking like a child. But when I grew up, that face passed away. I believe God will use this to speak to you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord increase you. May his countenance shine upon you. May the Lord. Bring a mantle of prayer as never before upon your life. May you receive and drop from the Holy Spirit. May you become sharp, hallelujah, in the things of God. And above all, may prayer become part and parcel of you. May it be said that, like a Jeremiah, when I said I would not even mention his name, I, it was too late because he had become part and parcel of my life. Hallelujah. And when I keep quiet, My heart, the word of God is burning in me. May prayer be burning in you that you will not, you cannot stop but to pray. God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. It's time that we have to give. I want to encourage every one of you, wherever you are, if you you are part of this, you know, great assembly, then I want to encourage you that we are giving our tithes and offering every day. It should not be only Sunday, please, and if you are going to give, the instructions will be, the details will be there, and please give, give abundantly, and God will bless you, hallelujah. I hope you have been blessed. We have started our fasting from yesterday, and today is the second night. And those who were not on board yesterday, please join us. We are praying for 14 days. 14 days we are doing prayer and fasting. And trust me, the Bible says one chases a thousand and two chases ten thousand. And if any two of us agree, touching anything, it shall be done according to the will of God. It shall be done for us. Hallelujah. So I want you to please heed in. It is important, 14 days. We started yesterday. Today is the second day. And even if you have forgotten, please, you can still join us. Go online and all the information will be there. God bless you. Amen.